0: This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19.
1: The Benoit celebrity interview is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. And now rick and dave i'm rick Kemper and i'm dave stern and for the fifth anniversary episode of minutia men we talk about stories like the greatest sentence ever fat bees a humble bulge fattening up bridesmaids and rick's love scene with leasel from the sound of music and listen to minutia men on spotify OPIShows.com, or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits
0: the following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview. Interview with Rick and
1: Dave. One of Chicago's most beloved television sportscasters uh, at uh, two channels in town here. He was at NBC5, ABC Channel 7. A continuous run, if my if my math here is correct, from 82 to earlier this year would be 39 years. Is that right?
2: Rick and Dave, thanks for having me, man. That is correct. (laughs) That is absolutely correct. In my 40th year, and it abruptly ended just like that.
1: It did. (laughs) He's won Emmy Awards. He's a Peter Lissaker Award for journalism. Uh, We're talking, of course, here with Mark Gian Greco. Mark. Yeah, that's
2: stretching it, the journalism thing.
1: It says right here in the (laughs) intro that that's that's true, so we can't deny it.
2: Yeah, okay, I'll take it.
1: Now, I don't know if you remember this, Mark, but you and I met each other way back in the 1980s. I was Stephen Gary's producer at the time, and you came in and guest hosted a show.
2: I do remember that. Uh, The Loop days were incredible. Uh, The greatest radio station in the history of Chicago during that (laughs) era. And I also remember not only did I guest host. Stephen gary i also guest hosted kevin matthew's show with richard lewis wow which was that was two days i i swear i lost 20 pounds (laughs) you know i was just (laughs) sweating it in the studio and you know when you're on edge for four plus hours a day trying to keep up with one of the quickest wittiest comics ever but it's pretty awesome a great story when i came in to do the show Uh, Richard was standing in the hallway with another producer and uh, they were just chatting and Uh, The person with the loop introduced me to Richard. and He goes, hey, man. Hey, great to be working with you. You're awesome. Hey, great. And as I'm walking away, I hear him turn to the producer and go, who is this guy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, those were the days. I I also did a show with Richard Lewis, so I I feel your pain. My memory (laughs) of doing a show with Richard is every time uh, a joke didn't work. Uh, he blamed you like it yes. was like your fault. And so you had to be constantly on the edge of your seat, hoping that you laughed at all the right times. So he didn't get upset.
2: Oh, no question about it. It's like, are you not following me? Are you not <laughs> agile enough to understand that that was a punchline? And then if you by chance, Hey, I love the guy. I've loved his humor. I'm sorry to hear and see that he's been so sick. Right. I know he's going to go back and do, um, curb uh, one or two more times but i mean he was terrific it's just that he was very manic and moody and weird and crazy like most successful comics and if you happen to get in a good line right after he did he wouldn't always acknowledge it right that that made him mad
1: that would make him mad (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah he was he was uh, he was great though i i I agree with you Uh, now the thing i remember about your show when you uh were in for Stephen gary is that you were also doing um, the TV show at the same time? So you'd ha- you'd have to stop in the middle of the radio show and do your sports cast live on, on TV.
2: That was the ultimate simulcast. It and was. We were really proud of that. My TV producer, Bob Vorwald, I'm sure you remember him, sure. he was in there with me. Yeah. So I would be doing the sports cast with the camera in the radio studio, and then I'd be throwing the sound bites. And which you didn't really hear. And obviously you didn't see the video. Right. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of weird, but you know, it was innovative. It was just like um, when I was doing the uh, Sunday night show Sports Sunday with Steve McMichael. God love him in his situation. Yeah, right. But uh, We actually uh, one night pulled out a monitor and put it on a desk. So here we are live on NBC five watching Ditka on CBS two Drunk, just hammered out of his mind, <laughs> and Johnny Morris trying to corral yeah. him, and Mongo, who's also hammered, making fun of Ditka live <laughs> on another station. So I mean, who, whoever would have done that then? Who would ever do it now?
1: I agree. I agree. I, I, I still have nightmares though about your time on with us because <laughs> uh, of the back timing issue. You know, you'd have to back time into the into the sportscast, and then yeah. the, and then. Uh, Uh, It was a delay issue, too, where if you're on the radio, you have to be in delay, especially with the loop listeners who are completely untrustworthy. Uh, (laughs) So they had to be put on delay. And then I had to take you out of delay when you did the live uh, television spots. And one time I forgot to do it and we were playing a Jimi Hendrix song. And I thought you could just press the button and it would go back out of delay. What I didn't realize is during a song. Uh, there needs to be silence for the delay to kick back in, and there's no silence in a song. And so oh, it sounded like a, a psychedelic. Yeah, well,
2: it, we, were all, we were all doing as- <laughs> yeah, right, that. Exactly. It worked because no, it was
1: Jimi Hendrix. Everyone thought it was for real.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? That's your job, Rick. You're the tech guy. I'm just going to roll with this stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, it was definitely I, my fault. It was 100% I miss those my days. fault.
2: I miss those days so much. I remember the reverse. I was on vacation one day while working at Channel 5, and they didn't have anybody to fill in for me. We had gone through four or five weekend people, and we we still didn't have a full staff. So I said, hey, I'm going on vacation. I don't care. I'm not canceling my vacation. They got Kevin Matthews as Jim Shorts <laughs> oh to do my, my sportscast. But, of course – Jimmy was not on camera, so they had an empty chair and Kevin's voice, and they had set up, we had already set up a live shot at Sox Park, Uh, let's see, who. oh, Jeff Torborg was the manager, so we had already set up this live shot, I thought for sure they'd cancel it, oh no, they had Jimmy interview Torborg. And he's like, all right, coach, uh, let's get right to it. What time's the game? And Torborg's standing there going, what? (laughs) And he he was trying to be nice. And then Jimmy asked, like, two more really stupid questions. And Torborg was trying to play it safe. (laughs) So we end the live shot, and they go on. And then Jimmy's just going, all right, yeah, coach, box, balls, yeah, good night. And the next day, I'm at the ballpark, and Torborg comes running across the field at me like, what? What was that? <laughs> what was that? Go, I don't. I'm sorry, I was, it was on vacation. Bit, I, I don't know. They were gonna cancel. It. He goes. I thought he was like a disabled <laughs> old man. I, I just wanted to respect him. I. I just trying to. I said, oh, Jeff, you are awesome, God. man. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Hey, we just had you know, Kevin on a few weeks ago on our show here. He's still as crazy as ever.
2: Oh, how's he doing? You know, one of my all-time favorite people. We go back and forth on Facebook a little bit. And
1: uh, he's, he's you know, he's doing pretty well. I mean, he's got MS, but he seems to be handling yep. it very well.
2: And he's still doing the uh, the Michigan Network thing from Grand Rapids.
1: Well, he's not really. He's just kind of whenever he feels like it, basically. Oh, I see.
2: Well, he yeah. was with Steve's podcast platform there for a while.
1: Right. I don't think he's with that anymore.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I wish him the best. Yeah, I, me too. I, one of my all-time favorite. I remember, uh, again, they put a mic in my house up on the third floor when I was living at Evanston, and he would say, look, it, just do two quick sportscasts with me, and then you can go back to bed. Well, <laughs> He made me stay up for the entire show, the whole shift. (laughs) And we're just doing bits with Jimmy, getting in a shouting match with him and then doing the sports cast, but also being part of all his bits. I was exhausted by the time I got to work because I'm up (laughs) at four and then doing the five, six, and the 10. Right. Get home at midnight. That's a long day. (laughs) I I did it for a year and I loved every minute of it, but I just couldn't continue on. Yeah, I don't blame you.
0: Would you consider going into radio now or podcasting? Or you know, what's you, you're you're so great at it. Uh what are your you know, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, thanks, Dave. I, I um am really, really humbled and lucky and honored to be entertaining a bunch of options right now. Um and podcast is one of them and you know, I've I've done a ton of interviews over the past three months since I was escorted out. And uh, um, I don't know if I'll ever go back and do any, you know, TV sports or, but I am exploring. uh, I've had a couple offers from um, a couple other stations and uh, the podcast is always a possibility. That would be really fun i have to ask you guys how do you monetize this thing i know you're making money hand over fist with this
1: right? oh well we can't really go into that on the air here mark (laughs) but uh you know we'll pull you aside sometime and, and fill you in on all the details well that'd
2: be good but yeah to answer your question um thinking about perhaps doing a podcast or maybe doing an actual terrestrial radio show might go back to espn radio we'll see how that works out um but again, I gotta tell you, I love being a civilian right
1: now. Yeah, it's I, nice. I'm not yeah.
2: watching, I can't, I'm a baby boomer that has the attention span of a millennial. <laughs> you know, I can't watch more than an inning or two of baseball. Yeah. I, I never watch the Bulls, I hate the NBA. I always had my intern or producer log the Bulls game while I'm logging the Hawks game because all I care about is hockey. Yeah. And you know, the Hawks are out, they're done, the Bulls are going nowhere. Cubs and Sox, the Cubs have had this Uh, nice little surge with the Dodgers. They're going nowhere. And even if the White Sox win the way they're supposed to with all this talent in spite of the injuries, less than half the city cares, which always bothered me. And, okay, we're all excited and giddy about the Bears and how they actually moved up and got Justin Fields. I'm telling you, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are more than capable of ruining that kid. (laughs) (laughs) They are.
1: Now, you know, if you bring up something that I've always wondered – people that are in sports i mean you cannot care about it that much for that long can you i mean as a as a as a an adult that has children and you know has other interests in life at some point don't you want to expand beyond that
2: well that's where i am and even when i was into it up to my eyeballs and obsessed with it i never took it seriously my whole attitude and my whole goal was this is entertainment and you know there are other times when you have to deal with actual death and right serious circumstances and so forth which become more prevalent as the years go on but for me that three minutes or three and a half minutes or two minutes you know kept getting cut every year <laughs> right. um that part of the newscast is supposed to be for fun push the envelope cross the line sometimes because I mean, seriously, look at the state of local television news right now. I right. mean, it's so, so challenging. It's dying. It can't yeah. compete with social media or any other media platform. And so by the time you get on the air now, everybody's already watched the game live, seen the highlights, read the story, heard the postgame soundbite. They know it all. So you have to make them want to tune in and say, what is he going to do with this? You know, how is he going to play with it? How is he going to make fun of it? Um, that was always my goal to do that, but it it gets harder and harder. And you know, I was going to retire in in a year plus anyway. So, you know, I feel bad for the people who are still in the business who really need to get ten or fifteen more years out of it because it's not going to be there.
1: Right. It, I, it, it I really
2: isn't. I mean, podcasts, every social media platform. I think Indigenous radio. Uh, terrestrial radio to a point will still be viable you know because local tv news is going the way of newspapers there's, and there's no way around that so i think i'm actually getting out at the right time but still have the opportunity to jump back in maybe in a different way but yeah you know my life revolved around teams making the playoffs and rating periods. so right. and, and if if a Fellow sportscaster tells you that they were rooting for every team. They're lying. We used to sit there on press row and root against half the teams. Going, man, I don't want to miss Christmas again. I don't want to miss Thanksgiving. I spend more time with Jordan than I do with my family during the holidays. And it's like, okay, they've won three championships. like right. That's, a that's enough. That's, <laughs> enough. that's <laughs> funny. You know, although I do have to say, I've never been a homer. I've always been very critical and taking shots at every team and every player, except. I really was kind of a homer for the Hawks because I just have a soft spot for hockey. They've been great to me. I feel like I've been great to them. I was the only one that showed Chicago Wolves highlights for crying out loud. Right. And my kids played hockey at a very high level. And so there's a real sentimental thing there. It's a very small world. And my kids played against a million guys who are in the NHL now. So I had that connection and I would always root for the Hawks. And that was always fun. Everybody else. It's like, Hey, it's enough.
1: Well, one thing you mentioned was, um, you know, sometimes you might've crossed the line. Um, and obviously, uh, (laughs) we know that because we're having this conversation right now. Uh, there have been a couple of times over the years, you know, where you either got suspended or slapped on the wrist, you know, how many times did that happen in your well let's
2: go let's go through them. show <laughs> okay. uh, Show's over every, at 10 o'clock yeah <laughs> right um well let's see in no particular order um there was The famous one was Detroit. Detroit right. won the NBA championship. And I showed a clip of a Godzilla movie of the monster <laughs> destroying downtown, throwing cars, ripping down telephone poles, and put up a font that said, live downtown Detroit. And said, yeah, yeah it's typical, you know, Pistons fans celebrating. That's Detroit, blah, blah, blah. Well, oh, my God, that's interpreted as racist.
1: I know. what? Yeah. yeah. My against comeback against Japanese was, people because of Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, there was that and also... My my defense was, hey, we ran video of white guys from Winnetka turning over cars on Rush Street the first year <laughs> the Bulls won. That's true. So that was misinterpreted. I got suspended for that. Had to apologize. And since when uh, do we care about Detroit, our right. rival city in every sport? Then uh, I sort of half kidding suggested you know, tongue in cheek that the NBA finals might've been rigged because uh, Hugh Hollins was brought in to do game six of the bulls Lakers. And he was always terrible with the bulls. He would always.
1: At the worst possible moment.
2: Oh yeah. Never getting free throws. Always the worst calls at the worst moment. So I said, you know, NBC and the the NBA, they may have gotten together to try to force the seventh game here. And Oh my God. (laughs) The, the the network people david stern everybody went nuts uh, i had to apologize and dick Versace was my co-host and he's standing there with me you know he's got the white turban hair going on uh-huh. time and he's looking at me uh might
1: uh, <laughs> mine hit a <laughs> little too you... close to home on that one apparently yeah,
2: right he goes oh, yeah, i know you're kidding <laughs> yeah so i had to apologize on the air for that and then uh don king had ripped off a bunch of young local boxers and we had done a story on these three kids who didn't get their money and you know weren't uh, given what they were promised and you know don king ripped them off like he did a lot of other people right so we did that story and uh, i came out and said to him, what do you want from a murderer yeah and
1: <laughs> he actually his- was convicted of that
2: Well, here you go. His (laughs) lawyers were in town, happened to hear it. They went nuts. They called the station. Of course, management wouldn't back me. They freaked out. So they wrote an apology that I was supposed to read on the air. Well, I kind of had lived around it and said, I'm really sorry for calling Don King a murderer. Technically, it was manslaughter. (laughs) Oh, gee. Okay. And you got to apologize for that and then i i made fun of aretha franklin's weight one night uh which you know i should not have. but that was not racist that was just being unkind to an overweight person.
1: right exactly that was uh, probably wait-ist. shouldn't have done that either yeah.
2: because she was at the chicago theater and you know at the end of the newscast whenever there's a prominent celebrity in town they give you a little clip and you end the show with you know hey over at chicago theater it's the great aretha franklin and show about 30 seconds of the song and they come out and ron majors goes ah oh, the queen of soul and i said she looked more like the dairy queen of soul. <laughs> dang uh, all the tv critics ran with that and i was like okay another apology you racist sexist pig and it's just like st- no
1: oh god
2: it's just for fun uh there's another one um there was this old guy in the front row of a socks game and I always like to start the highlights with a setup shot of some goofy fan or, you know, the manager doing something stupid or what are a sign or something like that. And this guy looked exactly like Wilfred Bremlin. <laughs> okay. So, all right, let's go to the ballpark. And they put up that shot of him and I go, got diabetes, but I'm at the game. And <laughs> of course, you know, diabetes association calls. Oh, my God. Oh,
1: I'm man. Just,
2: kidding i don't mean anything by it but that's basically well, been my career right there <laughs> and then i can't go into the final episode because it'd be a violation of my settlement agreement but let me just say what i said that night was probably the most benign thing i've ever said
1: i know yeah i know but what it we was. live
2: in these yeah you guys know what it was yeah. everybody knows what it yeah. was but it just shows that we live in some super sensitive hypersensitive times but this was not a racist, sexist situation in any way, shape or form. This was just uh, between two specific people. This was a specific incident, it has nothing to do with cancel culture. I'm not even gonna go there because I don't like that term. Um, and I'll leave it at that, you know. Okay. Um, well, but I, I gotta you know, tell it you, it's, it's all worked out. It really has, you know, and, and, and I'm glad to be, uh, I'm glad to be moving on to something else.
0: You know, I always got the impression that your coworkers always, you know, laughed with you, you know, it was almost management that seemed to be the the problem. You must be pretty yeah. gratified by the reaction of your coworkers. You, you, a lot of people have defended you over the years and certainly recently, too.
2: Well, it's amazing. Um, you know, I have this big defense team, a PR firm, a law firm that offered to work pro bono. My agent, Joel Weissman, who was fantastic. My allies through the years. I mean, not only did I just get hit with this incredible tidal wave of public support, which is really humbling, embarrassing. And I was so honored and appreciative just people coming out of the woodwork all over social media supporting me, which was incredible. And couple that with virtually every other person I have worked with in the business came to my defense, including every single female anchor I've ever
1: worked with. Yeah. I saw Jonas Esposito saying very nice things about you.
2: Uh, Carol Marine,
1: Carol, Jonas
2: Esposito, yeah. Diane Burns, Kathy Brock, um, Linda, you, Jackie bang. Um, and, and all the people that I worked with recently, and I don't want to start naming names because they're still employed. And right. I don't want to make it uncomfortable for them, but I, I'm extremely proud of that. And I'll never forget that. And I think it just shows that I never had to, say anything because everybody said it for me. And, right. you know, I'll cherish that forever.
0: There's more to come with our guest on Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Right after this. We'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On Back to You. Yeah,
1: yeah. What? We're going to talk about Andrew Lloyd (laughs) Webber, aren't we?
2: (laughs) Oh, oh, of course. Now I get it. And we're going to talk about flying, things that are problems, TV watching. You just have to listen for
1: it. That sounds good, which isn't necessarily so. (laughs) 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 On... Back to you. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify,
2: opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Mispits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's an antipasto plate full of automotive goodies from dune buggies to service signs. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. <laughs> Honey and friends. We get in touch with our roots and look back at our time on Lasano and Friends. Where the birth... Yeah, that's right. make a conversation. our friendship started. Uh, and we still talk over each other since that day.
0: Nothing much has changed. It's a bad habit we picked up. Listen to Ant Friends on... Spotify, com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. We are back with more Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview.
1: You know, one of the, uh people that dave and i knew well one of the we're publishers we uh have a publishing firm and one of our authors was chet Kopic, who uh-huh. uh i know you and chet worked together at channel five and and you were elevated to the top slot when chet was fired and chet had this you know hard on for how he was <laughs> treated there for the mm-hmm. rest of his life And yet, you and Chet managed to remain friends. And I saw you at the funeral. Uh, You told stories about Chet. The the Chameleon Mm -hmm. story.
2: Right. Right. Um, (laughs) We were sitting in the office one day. And Jim O'Donnell, who was one of the TV critics at the time, did this big takeout expose on Chet and called him a chameleon. Right. And he's reading the article and he leans over to me and he goes, Hey, Marky, what the heck is a chameleon? Name? <laughs> and, but there was never an issue between me and Chet. That was Chet right. management. I had only been there 10 or 11 months and management had grown frustrated with Chet for whatever reason. And that was the time when it was so viciously competitive and Chet and Johnny Morris and Tim Weigel went at each other in every paper every day right and all the tv critics gary deeb uh, jim o'donnell ted cox everyone would just fan the flames and
1: make sure copy.
2: Visit all three of them, call all three of them. Hey, did you hear what he said about you? Back and forth. And I was, you know, the new kid just standing in the corner watching and observing, going, wow, this is, truly is the big time. I'm scared to death. This is nuts. <laughs> and uh, Chet could have very easily sabotaged me because there was a lot of intramural backbiting and a lot of jealousy among so-called coworkers that time. He could have, you know, sabotaged me or worse, ignored me. And instead, he supported me and protected me the whole time. And that's something that stays with you forever. The night he got fired, I was over at his house and here he is blown out of his dream job and all he kept saying was, hey, man, you're a great young talent and I hope you get the job permanently and don't let them do this and don't let them do that and make sure you get this much money. You know, he was looking out for me and pumping me up when it was the night he was fired yeah you know uh,
1: him, you know he's he's a caricature uh you know to the public but uh you know dave and i knew him pretty well and mm-hmm. chet deep down was a good guy
2: yeah he ran with the whole ron burgundy thing <laughs> he claimed that yeah. was the character was based on him <laughs> and it, th- that's you know i believe that i mean you know i you were at the funeral you heard the story about. Right. We'd wait for the last minute to go to the old Chicago stadium to do a live shot and just so he could race down Madison and drive on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. He'd had the black Cadillac with the custom plates, MAQ, CCWMAQ was the license plate. His black Cadillac and I, he was gangster leaning it. I swear he took the front seat out. We're sitting in the back seat. You know, and he's like six six leaning back and doing a hundred down West Madison. And he'd just walk in, pick up the microphone, all right, good evening everybody.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: And the producers would be going nuts because they're counting him down to ten seconds. He's not in the building yet. But he loved that. And then he would he would do the loop around the rink or around the basketball court before a Bulls or a Hawks game and he'd be full length fur coat. And he'd be waving at everybody in the crowd and everybody be yelling at him. He goes, yeah, I got to do the lab, make sure everybody knows I'm here. Yeah. And I had been in town for a few months, so some guy yelled out, hey, Mark, you know, you're the new guy. And I waved to him. And check goes, Marky, no, 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 no. Never wave to a specific fan. You wave to the whole section. He goes, Eddie Berdoliak taught me that. <laughs> so he was a politician, you know? And-
0: yeah, he was great
2: he just knew how to play well then so he gets fired what does he do he invents a whole new genre sports talk radio he He was a godfather of sports talk radio
1: you're right yeah he's he uh he has a legacy in this town no question about it
2: Mm -hmm. i mean speaking of people
0: i'm sorry go on no go ahead i'm just gonna say i gotta gotta write a a book i guess yeah right exactly (laughs) um some people that don't defend you is uh bruce wolf what the hell did you do to bruce wolf he tweets about you non-stop did you kill his children
2: i i, I have no idea i mean i thought that we were friends and we played golf together a few times a mutual friend was bob Forwald, our producer he produced bruce myself Corey mcferrin just about every sports anchor in town i don't know what happened there i mean he just turned into this really psychotic angry little troll and uh couldn't hold a job and i guess he was just resented that and just so jealous and uh, i don't know i mean i always said you had to have a thesaurus to keep up with bruce and he's very clever and really bright but he was a he's a weird dude and i don't know why he singled me out to attack me because you know he was out of a job and i was still working i think that was the basis of it he didn't have any respect for me so uh, i don't know he actually had texted me the other day or direct message me or something because i had blocked him on social media and then he he was trying to kind of make amends i'd run into him in the parking garage a year or two ago and he he said to me hey i have to apologize to you and then he went on for an hour to talk about himself never apologized (laughs) to me and that was it but i think he's back working for some law firm now because he did have a law degree right but Hey, look, it, I wish him well. I just think he's really sick. <laughs> I don't know. I, you
1: know, honestly, I think the basis of it, you uh, know, I think the basis of it is the uh, the comment you made about Trump supporters, because he is a Trump supporter. And so well, he, I don't even you know, know
2: if he truly is. He just he would say that just so he could get a job on conservative.
1: Well, that rate. could be that could be true, too. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, the Trump thing it was the other big thing in my career, which I'll never get over that because during that time when I was ripping Trump on social media, every other on-air and off-air person in the business, producer, writer, uh, on-air talent, whatever, everyone in the market was taking shots at Trump and across the nation, people I knew in other markets. All these other media people were free to speak their mind except me.
1: Yeah. That's and it true. was this,
2: you know um so i'll always resent that um all i said was um trump picking his cabinet reminded me of the joker recruiting the penguin <laughs> the riddler and catwoman <laughs> to make gotham great again you know <laughs> and it took a while for our social media people to find that and then all of a sudden there's this outrage and i was suspended for two weeks without pay if you can believe that
1: yeah and in
2: retrospect i should have fought that because everybody else got away with expressing their opinions whether it was on a company device or their own personal stuff um but disney claimed that their policies were a lot stricter than others so
1: You know, uh, John Landecker and I, I worked with uh, John when he was at uh, the Oldie Station. Um, One of my
2: all-time idols.
1: He's a great guy. But we we almost got fired for uh, supporting the Dixie Chicks. Remember that whole uh, really? yeah, Dixie yeah, Chicks yeah. thing when Bush was president? They yep. they banned us from ever playing their songs. And we were playing the national anthem <laughs> that they sang. Wow. And they called us into the office and said, if you ever do that again, you're fired. Wow. Yeah.
2: I know, you know, it's insane. Maybe that's, yeah. I need a late night podcast. Yeah, you do. That's what we need to do no FCC regulations, nothing. Just let it rip. <laughs> that's the best part about doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about Landecker. I mean, I just sort of fell into this career because all I ever wanted to be was a top 40 rock jock. I think you and I talked about yeah. this a million years ago. Uh, I'm eight years old with my little transistor radio in bed in Buffalo, New York, listening to music radio, WLS, super CFL, CKLW in Detroit. Detroit, 66 NBC and I'm like I wanted to be Larry Lou John Records Landecker Dick Biondi when he was doing the all night show would come downstairs in my office and we'd have coffee and he'd talk about the old days I listened to Dick Biondi when he was at WKBW in Buffalo I was seven years old wow and here's Dick Biondi in my office we're telling all these stories about record hops and oh yeah joey reynolds and this guy and that guy and i i told i did stand-up comedy in this club and there i mean i was fascinated
1: you know i I've really i've tried for so many years i worked with dick for many years too i've been trying so hard to get him to write a book because if you going not yeah. touch somebody who's got stories i mean this guy introduced the beatles oh, in at hollywood bowl
2: <laughs> you know yeah, yeah i mean I was just so starry-eyed every night he'd come down to make coffee and it was the highlight of my night and uh, Larry Lujak called me once Mark Larry Lujak I want you to be in my golf tournament I'm like yeah right who is this really? <laughs> yeah. I was stunned yeah I was stunned you know, I met Tommy Edwards at a Bulls game I'm going what really little Tommy so um, my idols were those kind of guys and I just kind of fell into TV and you know you play sports growing up you love sports and so just melded the two together
1: well, you know, I appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to to come on with us cuz this has been a fun conversation. And, awesome. you know, and Dave and I wish you the best. I'm sure wherever you land next it's going to be successful. I mean, you're you're a, a a real talent, Mark, and I, you know, I don't I feel uncomfortable saying that to another man, but uh <laughs>
2: but you really Is it are. Wrong? Is it wrong? No. It's not wrong. No, Rick, Dave, this has been the highlight of my week. I really appreciate the opportunity and you guys sound awesome, and uh, this is the kind, of you know, we I need ever a sports do anything guy. We else. We need a
0: sports guy. Can you do like four minutes every week? Yeah, once? right, exactly. Yeah, we'll right. start doing a sportscast.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, this is the kind of conversation that I would like to have with you and everybody else in the world if I did decide to uh, to go that way. So thanks for the opportunity.
1: Sure, and if people want to follow you, what's the best way to do that?
2: Well, Twitter, I'm at Mark underscore greco. Um, I gave out my email, <laughs> yeah. so I might as well do it again. I don't <laughs> care. It's gncracko22 at com. 22 is the number I could never get. That was the jersey number I always wanted, and I could never get it. Because 22 means you're really fast. They uh, only give it to fast guys. Gotcha. So I got stuck with 13 and, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. the bad numbers. But anyway, that's how you can contact me. I'm not going to give out my home phone number.
1: <laughs> okay. Your Social Security uh, number is...
2: Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I just got Medicare, so that was kind of.
1: Hey, congratulations.
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. uh, Got the diabetes. uh, Yeah, Uh, it's diabetes (laughs) to you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, If either one of you guys is off, I'd be more than happy to fill in. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. All right. We'll keep right, that in guys. mind. Thanks, hey, Mark. Thanks a
2: lot. It was great. Thanks, Mark. All All right. Right. Bye-bye. See Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya.
1: Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this
0: week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla. Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com and we'll be back again
1: next week with another edition of the Minutiaman Men celebrity interview.
2: This Opi podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opi productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been
1: a presentation of OPI Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Rick Kemper. I'm Adam Howard. And we're the co hosts of Free Kicks, a show about international and particularly English Premier League soccer. On an all new Free Kicks, we talk about the finalists in the Champions League. Plus, my favorite feature. Guess the Premier League star. Listen to free kicks on Spotify, OpieShows or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits,
0: and because it's football, try doing it without using your hands. Radio Misfits promo take twenty four.
2: Guys, um, we are part of Radio Misfits Podcasts Net.
0: Radio Misfits, you idiots. We are part of. I didn't really make it to... intended to be a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just... <laughs>
2: We are part of the Radio Misfits podcast... podcast.
0: (laughs) Promo 26. (laughs) I'll be here all day. We are part of Radio Misfit Podcast Network. And uh, close enough for government. Yeah, close enough, huh? (laughs) Let
2: me say it. Radio Misfits. Douchebags who can't speak. Hear it on the World Wide Web.